praise God for his goodness. Amen. Let's get your Bible. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. I know you're here for the word. And I'm ready to give you the word. But it's an awesome thing to be able to get the word. I think one of the greatest things that God has showed me is when you're going to church and you don't get the word. And the only thing greater than that is when you go to church and you think you're getting the word. I want you to look at somebody and say, is the word you getting save you? Because if, you, if the word you're getting didn't save you, it's not doing its job. You, you, ought to be able to do, you ought to be able to see the change in your own life. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. That's why I always tell people, man, I'm not going nowhere. If that word ain't real, if that, that, if, I don't need nobody preaching something what they think is right. I need to know, do you know the word? First Corinthians chapter 2, verse two, 1 through verse 12 is what we're reading. This is our series on the word of God revealed. Here you get the word of God revealed. Amen. And you got to know that because you can get law, you can get the gospel of the kingdom, and you still have not gotten the word of God revealed. You can get the manifested word, still have not got the word of God revealed. Only the word of God revealed going to change your life. When Jesus looked at those disciples in John 8 and 30, he looked at those ones that was following him, and they said they believed on him. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. The word, the truth there is the revealed word. You shall know the truth, and then the truth will make you free. You can go to church all your life and never get free until you submit yourself unto the revealed word of God. When you get the revealed word of God, the Holy Ghost will not leave you alone. The word of God will chase, the word of God will correct you, will discipline you, everything you need. Amen. You will know that word is on my trail. Amen. First Corinthians chapter number two and verse number one. Okay, let's go to work. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or wisdom, declare unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom of God, 
which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the thing which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, say the spirit of man which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the thing that are freely given to us of God. Amen. Everything has already been given to you. All right, now let's go into the subject today, and that's going to be in 1 Timothy Chapter 2, verse 3 through 7, you got your Bible. I just gave you the series, The Word of God Revealed. We have already started volume number 2. We're on part number 2 today. But let's go to our subject today, 1 Timothy 2, 3 through 7. 1 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 3 through 7. Today we are dealing with the word mediator. And we want to show you that you couldn't have nothing if you didn't already have a mediator. You hear people talk about all this stuff where you baptize in water and you sp all this stuff, you wash the feet, and take, eat communion on Sunday. None of that do you no good if you don't have a mediator. You wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have a New Testament if you didn't have a mediator. In 1 Timothy chapter number 2, verse 3, we're going to start right there. It says, for it is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who would have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle, I speak the truth in Christ and lie not, I'm a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. You may be seated. Father, we thank you now for being our Heavenly Father. We thank you for giving us all things. And we thank you for giving us all things in Christ. We thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit. We don't have to worry about do we have the Holy Spirit. If we have Christ and we believe in the death, being resurrection of Jesus Christ for our salvation, then we have the Holy Spirit. And we give you all the praise and the glory. Now we thank you that all of our needs are met. Thank you for divine wisdom, divine protection, divine grace. We give you all praise and glory for all of your provisions. In the blessed name of our Lord Jesus the Christ, we pray. All the way there, prayer said amen. amen. All right, now this morning, we did start off without you this morning, but we're glad to see you here today. Amen. So we already did the first part on the word of God revealed. Now, when we said the, the word revealed, we're going to go back to a couple of verses to show you what that means, then we're going to get to going. Uh, in Romans chapter 16, verse 25 and 26, the word you are getting was kept secret. Was kept secret. Now it has been revealed. The word you getting... Israel did not know about. The word you getting was kept secret. 
so God can give it to you. They was not saved by grace. They were saved by faith. And when you say by faith, that means your faith. You're not saved by your faith. You're saved by his grace. But Israel was saved by their faith. So was Abraham and all of the others. They were saved by their faith. Even when people came to Jesus, he said to them, be it under you according to your faith. Everything he did for them had to be according to their faith. But you are saved by grace. And everything you get is according to God's mercies. So you didn't work for any of this. You didn't do anything to get it. You didn't have to qualify to receive it. Just like people says that just they feel like they did something and I looked at my feet and my feet looked new and I looked at my, none of that going to change. You're going to have the same feet. None of that's going to change. But what will change is God will give you the Holy Spirit and every day you will see him little by little doing something in your life. If you just watch, every day you'll see him doing something. He'll see, you'll see people coming to you, giving you something that you don't deserve. You'll see people praying for you. You know you don't deserve. Haven't asked nobody to pray, but yet folks are praying. There are folks who call you up, haven't talked to you in a month, just say, God, put you on my heart. See, all, every day, every day, you'll see the blessings of the Lord. Every day. That's how God, that's how God let you know he's always there. Amen. Always there. He lets you know he's there. So I want to do, I want to talk about today a question, how we got the revealed word of God. Now, I just gave you one of them in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. Let's look at it. How we got the revealed word of God. Because if you don't know how you got the revealed word of God, you might be basing your salvation on the manifested word of God or the law and think you already saved. But salvation is real. The Holy Spirit is real. And you can have an imitation and don't know it. And I don't want that to happen to you. I went to church my young age, 13, 14 years old, and they told me all I got to do is come and on the morning bench. I got on that morning bench Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday somehow. I came to church that night on Thursday night, and I, I, didn't, I didn't even get down on my knees because I knew I had it. Based on what they told me, I got it that day in the field. They told me, they said, when you get it, you will feel a fire burning in your heart. In that 100 degree weather at 11 o'clock in the morning, God is my witness, I did feel a fire. <laughs> I thought I had it. I came there and told them I got it. And they put my name on the list at that 4th of July in the Mississippi River, we were all water baptized. I knew I had it. And from then on, I sang this little light of mine I'm going to let it shine. Everywhere I go, I'm going to let it shine. But I didn't know I didn't even have the light. All I had was religion and tradition of men. You can go to church and think you got it. 
Song can be song, and then you'll get to moving. You think you got it, and they ain't got nothing. But you're going to have to understand this is real. You don't have to tarry for the Holy Spirit. Nobody got to get in a circle around you so you can get it. Fall all on the floor, using up all my napkins. That's not going to get it. Everything you get from God, you just got to receive it. Don't have, to, don't have to do nothing. Just look at somebody and say, just receive it. It's just like a glass. You don't have to make a glass roll all across the ground before it's going to put some water. Just put the water in the glass. No works involved. Man, when I found out that, I said, even I can get saved. Don't have to do nothing. I thought I had a whole, a lot of folks would tell you, you got to do this, you got to wash your feet, have you done that yet? We got to do everything Jesus did. And in this Bible, I'm going to show you, you, listen, listen to me real good. In this Bible, you cannot follow Jesus without following Paul. Oh, I know I'm preaching good. In this Bible, you cannot follow Jesus unless you're following Paul. And most churches would tell you the reason we wash feet because Jesus washed feet. We, we baptize because Jesus baptized. We got to just follow Jesus. That ain't the Bible. Not the new covenant. Let's look at it because I'm, I'm getting that, I'm feeling that in the spirit. I'm feeling that little, little thing in the spirit, that little fussing in the spirit. Let's go to Ephesians 4.1. I, I want you to read that out the NALT or the good news. Ephesians 4.1. See, you got to understand, I'm going to be doing a teaching in that area pretty soon, and that's what people are thinking. They think they're following, they, they, they following the preacher. No, you're supposed to follow the preacher as he followed Paul. So if I'm not preaching the gospel of grace or the gospel of Christ, then you shouldn't be following me no way. And yet people are. If you're trying to be saved by your own confession and your own belief, you missed it. Because salvation is free. My wife is making up a sign. We already got it ordered, don't we? By grace, there'll be one be put right over there. Gold letters. By grace are you saved through faith, not of yourself. It is the gift of God. I want it right on that light. I want one on that light. We may have a, we may end up taking the flower. I know it's a beautiful flower, Sister Teresa. But we may end up taking that flower and outside that Door right there and put up there. By grace, I, I got it. I'm going to put it all over the church. All right. Salvation is free. You can't earn it. You don't have enough money to pay for it. You can't do enough brownie points to please God to get nothing but just receive it. Amen. And when you, when you can just receive something, you'll see God awesome. I'm telling you, God's been doing some things in my wife and our life, and all we had to do is just receive. Had a brother talk, had a brother sit by me this morning, told me something this morning, and I was supposed to be giving to him two people today. One was his birthday, and one was his anniversary. And he told me, so here you, I want to give you something, Pastor. I want to go like, yes, your anniversary, your birthday. He said, no, that's not the thing. We want to give you something. I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> You got to learn how to receive. Look at somebody and say, you got to learn how to receive. Because the blessing that God got for you, you can't do nothing but just say, yes, Lord, thank you. 
And if you'll learn how to say, yes, Lord, thank you, God would increase the giving in your life. He would increase it in your life, but you've got to learn how to receive. You know what turns God off? It's when God speaks to somebody to go give you something, then you turn it down. You need to give it to somebody else who need it. That, that's what it, you need to go give it to somebody else who need it. <laughs> the Lord told me to give it to you. It has nothing to do with how much money you got in your account. God just want to give you something. And he wanted that person to do it because that person is the one that needs something from God. And so God tells them to go. Just do what he tell you. That's why I'm in the foyer every Sunday. Because I want to teach our children how to receive. That's what I want to do. To learn how to receive. Don't mean you need it. Got more money than I got. That's not the problem. At this ministry, God said to Pastor Crump and Sister Crump, God loveth a cheerful giver. And at this ministry, we are never going to stop giving. Never, never, never. The way you get what God has in your life is by giving. There's a scripture in the book of Proverbs says, Blessed is he that considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Just think what it says. Then he says, he will make all his beds in his sickness. Blessed is he that considers the poor because people remembers the poor. We spent this past week, probably we bought over 2,000 pounds of meat, giving out hams, turkeys, chickens. Already bought the stuff that we need for the fifth Sunday in March. When you get out of church service on the fifth Sunday in March, you're just going to go on the other side, sit down, and eat barbecue ribs. Chicken barbecue. Huh? We're going to have honey baked ham already sliced. And don't be no charge. I already told you we're going to do it every time the Lord tells me. The, next, the time He told me it's going to be the fifth Sunday in March. After 11 o'clock, sir. So just make sure that day you don't worry about going home, cook, and go to the other side and eat free. That's how good it is. That's how God is. On the screen, there it is. The Psalm of David, Psalm 41 and 1. Blessed is he that considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Because you consider the poor. That's why we don't turn nobody away here. We got enough food in that kitchen to serve you, fix you up for the rest of the year. Hallelujah. Rest of the year. See, but when you go to a ministry, you don't know what's going on. You don't even know what's in there. Every week we get soup from Olive Garden. Have so much we have to give it away. Have people come here to give it to churches. People don't get it. All I can do is tell you. But we are a giving ministry. Always has been. Always will be. 
Blessed is he that considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Watch what he told. Watch the next verse. The Lord will preserve him. The Lord will keep him alive. The Lord will bless him upon the earth. You shall not, he will not deliver you to the will of your enemies. Only because you consider the poor. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. Thou will make all his bed in sicknesses, all because you consider the poor. So that's why don't let nobody talk you out of doing something for God. You pass people, they don't have anything. And the first thing you will say is, they probably going to take this dollar and go get drunk. You can't get drunk off no dollar. Look, just because you're going to give them a dollar, they're going well, to go out and get drunk off their dollar. You can't buy no beer for no dollar? Where you been? Now, I don't drink. But when I was drinking, you couldn't get no beer for a dollar, and that was 40 years ago. My point is, it's not going to hurt you. And you know what God will do? He'll wait right till somebody else just gave you something. And then have somebody that same week to stand on the cone in the cold, and you'll stop your car right beside it, and you'll just look at him going like, why don't you get a job? And they have a sign, hungry, can you help me any way you can? See, you don't, you're driving by your blessing. I tell my wife in a minute, hold, hold, hold. We keep, we keep some money right here, right, like a little pop right on the side. Soon we pass by, folks go, whoop, there they are. There you go, sir, there's your money. It ain't gonna, two dollars ain't gonna break me. If it is, I'm already broke. If you get some out of two dollars and that break you, you was already broke. You just didn't know it. <laughs> Let's go to work. In this teaching today, we're going to deal with the word mediator. I gave you two words for the word mediator. It deal with the one, the one who reconciles us to God. So that's what gets me when you see people and they tell you, well, you got to get baptized in the water in Jesus' name to get rid of the sins. You got to go wash the feet before you can get back into holiness and reverence before God and just like to wash feet. I shower, but that's not enough. I bathe, that's not enough. You got to have somebody righteous to wash your feet, brother. Then I got a, a text and says, won't you come be a part of our services. God going to be pouring out his spirit. Now, I've been in ministry 40 years. God only poured out his spirit one time. And that's Acts chapter 2. Well, that's what people tell you. You know, God going to be pouring out his spirit tonight. Is that right? Where you get that verse from? See, so you got to stop letting people just sucker you. You got to just stop falling for anything. You got to be able to say, no, that's a lie. And a lot of folks don't, don't want to be bold enough, but being bold means I know what I'm talking about. 
You're not going to find anyone in the Bible, but in Zechariah, you're going to find places like that where God said, Joel, he's, chapter 2, I will pour out of my spirit. Then in, in Acts chapter 2, he pulled it out. You're not going to see it no more. But you see people like that tell you, come on, because God will be pouring out his spirit tonight. And so and people are like, we're going because God pouring it out tonight, child. Yeah, you're going to pour it out your pocket to that offering tray. I will tell you why they're calling you. But we're going to talk about how we got the word, the revealed word of God. Let's go look at it now. Let's go back to it. Uh, yeah, we're going to show you first here. Therefore, the prisoner of our Lord, uh, uh, therefore, a prisoner, I, Paul, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to, to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. What's that next verse? Always be humble and gentle and patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. When you walk in love, you do what? You make allowance for others' faults. When people, how do I make an allowance for your fault? It's when you do something wrong, I say this, she didn't mean that. She didn't mean that that way. I'll say myself, my wife did something. No, she didn't mean that. See, man, you make an allowance for other folks' fault. You, you don't take it always and then just run with it. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Because you could have understood it wrong. You know, you just seen somebody that walked up to a pastor, and the first thing they did is put their arm around the pastor. See, they, see, you see, I saw that. <laughs> now, you got to be understanding something. At this church, I am a pastor. I'm your pastor. I'm not, I'm not going to treat nobody any different. See, the key is, is who I, is who put the arm or who I put my arm. See, that's how it is. So you got to give people the benefit of the doubt. Because when I'm walking with people and the Spirit of the Lord says they deserve a hug today. Now, I know how to hug sisters. I'm not here trying to get fleshy. I got a wife. But the key is you got to understand there are some people that all they need is a little hug from you. Amen. Don't, it ain't, no fresh, ain't no fresh stuff. But you got to know how to do it. There are people in here, they like my own children. And when I haven't seen them in a week, sometimes I just, I just lose it. Now see, I hurt my daughters. I got three daughters. I hug my daughters. If you haven't seen me and my daughter somewhere, you'll probably say, Pastor Crumb got another woman. <laughs> Let me get my message. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Because I love my children. Amen. Amen. All right. Now, I gave you a verse I'm waiting on. That's what I'm waiting on. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourself together with peace. Make every effort. I think I gave you the wrong verse. Follow me as I follow Christ is what I wanted. I, that, that's not what I wanted. Follow me as I follow Christ. So when we follow Paul, I thought they were Ephesians 4, 1, I'm sorry. Let me get the word. You write down the word mediator. And I told you this morning and showed you the church. But I want to show you that what Christ has done. I'm getting into an area here where, I'm, where I got about five, six things I got to do. There it is. What, what verse is that? First Corinthians 11, 1. 1 Corinthians 11, 1. 
Now watch what Paul said. Be followers of me. Now he said to the church, be following me. Watch this. Even as I am of Christ. Well, if Paul is the one following Christ, you probably won't follow Paul. Let me put it another way. If you was in the wilderness and Moses was following the cloud, you probably be following Moses. Now what happened to all them folks didn't follow Moses? Some of y'all don't know. You know what? They died in the wilderness. That's what you got to understand. That's the whole problem with the church. People don't know who to follow it. Most people tell you, I'm following Jesus. That ain't what he said. Look at the verse again. It said, be followers of me even as I also am of Christ. I'm following Christ. You supposed to follow, follow me. That's what Paul's saying. But see, you don't want Paul. Paul, get out of there. Get out, get out, Paul. I just, just follow Jesus. See, no, you're trying to be Peter, James, and John. They were following Jesus. But see, in the new covenant, you follow the man who God gave the vision to, and that was Paul. Okay, I'm done with that. We'll get to that a little later. All right. Now, I, I want to show you the, the mediator. Romans 16, 25. Now to him there's a power to establish you according to my gospel. Paul said my gospel. That's the gospel of Christ. And the preaching of Jesus Christ. So he said, I'm preaching Jesus Christ, was according to the revelation of the mystery. Say it. According to the revelation of the mystery. This mystery was kept secret since the world began. All right, now, in Acts 3.21, you have the message of the prophets. In Romans 16.25, what Paul preaching is the revelation of the mystery. Two different messages. Let's go to Acts 3.21, just one verse. Let's show them that, because I'm going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 10, and then I'm going to go to work. Whom the heavens must receive. Now, you want to write down a verse, Acts 2.36, because when it said the heavens going to receive, who did the heavens receive? He received Jesus. Who did the heavens receive? Some of y'all still ain't, ain't sure. I'm not trying to trick you. I just want you to understand that. On this side, you're going to be Jesus. You're over here, you're going to be Christ, okay? On this side, you're going to be Lord. On this side, you're going to be Christ. See, the heaven, you got to know what Jesus is. There's a real raised from the dead glorified man named Jesus. He's in the heavens. But then there's a Christ in you. So you have to understand the spiritual principle. You are not waiting for Jesus. Jesus did not manifest himself to you. He manifests himself to the people over here. Now you read John, John says in chapter 14, 15, and 16, how is it, Lord, that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? See, Jesus manifests, manifests himself to the church of God. Over here, you're the church of God. Over here, you're the body of Christ. Over here, I'm going to show you who you are and over here, I'm going to show you who you are in this next half hour. Come on, with the word. Whom the heaven must receive until the time of the restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. Over here, everything that happened over here is God spoke to his holy prophets. Over here, it was kept secret. 
Over here, you be kept secret, okay. Over here is kept secret. Over here is spoken by his holy prophet. If it's spoken by his holy prophet, over here is prophecy. If it's revealed over here, it's been revealed the revelation of the word. That's how you got to be able to discern the word, write it about the word. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to show you something. Let's go to Matthew 16. This is going to be boom, 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 okay? So follow me. Matthew chapter 16. And we want to look at one verse, and that's verse number 18. What did it say? Matthew 16, 18. And I will say to you, you are Peter, up on this rock I'll build my church. You want to underline the word? I will build my church. Now, my point is what I want to ask you is, has he built it yet? All right, you're here this morning. No, you got to be cool now. You got to be cool. You was here this morning. So the key is, has he built the church yet? Because if you don't know what, what he's talking about, then you don't know whether he built it or not. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Let's go see that he built it. Let's look at his word. Let's go to, uh, that's prophecy, I will build my church. Okay? Let's look at one more, John 14, 1. This is a favorite, especially at funerals. Because we think the Lord going to prepare a place for us. I'm telling you, you got, you, people still, people will tell you, well, you know, that's all right, the Lord going to prepare a place for us. He did. He has not prepared it yet. 2,000 years ago, he hasn't prepared the place yet. That's why we still think he's coming. Because we don't think he prepared the place yet. Jesus has finished his ministry. He's not working no more. John 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house. Now, you want to underline the word in my Father's house because you're going to see it just a few moments. If I ask you right now, what is the Father's house? Would you know? Just hold that thought. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Here it is. I go to prepare a place for you. Again, he's going to prepare a place. Upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Well, did he ever prepare it? Let's look at Hebrew chapter number 9. Let's go to verse 11. Don't have a lot of time. I got to get this short to you because I got to, this is not my thought. Hebrew 9, 11. So we're going to show you Jesus as the mediator. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. Now, Hebrews 9, 11 is going to take me back to 2 Corinthians. Uh, after this, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. That's next. Hebrews 9, 11 says, But Christ, being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle. Remember, the tabernacle is the church. Let me say it again. If he said, upon this rock, I'll build my church, the tabernacle and the church is the same word. But Christ, being come, and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, showing you who the tabernacle is, Christ. Not made with hands. 
Christ is the tabernacle that God made that's not made with hands. Now, that is to say, not of this building. Now, now I want you to put that in NLT for me. Let me see that in NLT. Just that one verse. So I got to understand that Jesus said, on this rock, I'll build my church. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, not where I'm going, where I am, there you may be also. Well, where was he? He's in the Father. So Christ has now become a high priest, has already. In his ministry on the earth, he was both high priest and sacrifice. Let me say it again. In the earth, his three and a half years ministry, he was both high priest and the sacrifice. That's why he could offer himself. Oh, you didn't get it. Is anybody here when I just said it? Only somebody could offer sacrifice before God without being killed in the Old Testament had to be the high priest. So the only reason that the Lord could offer himself as an offering before God, he had to be sacrificed and high priest. That's awesome. I said that's awesome. He not only the sacrifice, but he was also the high priest. See, he was Christ Jesus. Christ, he was the high priest. Jesus, he was the sacrifice. Oh, I got plenty of these. You're going to see so much. You're going to be saying, wow, ooh. Because you're going to see religion has told you all this other stuff, how you were saved, and you can't be saved without a mediator. You can't receive the new covenant unless somebody come here and stand between God and man and receive the new covenant. That's what happened with your Lord. That's why it's called the cross. He stepped in there and he, he, he held the Father by one hand and he held man by the other and joined us back together. Amen. Brought you back to God and brought God back to man. Somebody give him a big hand. Nobody could come, John 14 and 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. The only way you could come to the Father, he had to grab the Father's hand and grab your hand as the mediator of the New Testament and, and join us together again, bring peace between us and God. See, when you see he did it all, Jesus said to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. So Christ has now become the high priest over all good things that have come. He has entered into that great and more perfect tabernacle. That more perfect tabernacle, watch this, in heaven, which was not made by human hands. And it's not part of this created world. Now, if you read the NLT, read the same thing out of good news. So you got to understand something. The tabernacle of the church, the body that Christ prepared, same word body, tabernacle, church, all the same word, is what he prepared is Christ. 
So I'm going to show you that in just a moment when we, show you, when we show you this verse here again. And then we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 5, 1 and 2. But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, like we just did that one, not made with hand, that is to say, not of this building. That's King James. Now, if you read it out of good news, I want on you did it in a T already. I want like another transcript. Here, so Christ, I know I got it going back there, but she catch up. Like the man said, he'll figure it out. But Christ has already come. Christ has already come as the high priest of the good things that are already here. Christ has already come as the high priest. The tent in which he serves is greater and more perfect. The tent in which he serves. It is not a tent made by human hands. That is, it is not a part of the, this created world. Well, let's go see what they are. Go to 2 Corinthians 5. Glad Jacks. So you have to understand something. You already have a house. So we can stop singing them stupid songs. <laughs> like he's going to prepare me a place. Angels get my mansion ready. <laughs> I'm going to walk over streets of gold. And... Man, and, 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 and. What you gonna need streets of gold for when you are spirit? Got to figure. We got. We got to understand. We know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle, our earthly house of this tabernacle, if it's dissolved, we have. Not trying to get. We have a building of God. Well, Jesus said, on this rock, I'll build my church. The gates of hell should not prevail against it. I actually has to build his church. He's already built it. We know that if I heard for how this talking, I will desire. We have a building of God. We already got one. And this house is not made with hand. This house is eternal. And this house is in the heavens. That's who Jesus is. Now, let's go and show it to you in Acts 2.36. We're catching up. Catching up, get ready to go to our mess. So the key is religion, religion will destroy you. Because we're going by all this old stuff that folks talked about who did not know the Bible. Now that's all they talked to just, just, just dump that stuff on us. And now we 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 now we we got all left with all these songs that we don't know what to do with. Because we ain't got nothing else. Nobody else knows enough to sing a song on, 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 at a funeral except it's going up yonder. <laughs> ain't that where we going? <laughs> and then we got to make an excuse for this, po this family who just lost a loved one. Well, you know they watch this, watch this. You know they're in a better place. Yeah, they're in a better place. In a better place. Here's somebody that just had an accident, killed themselves, killed their children, and the first thing people say is they're in a better place. You better not come in my face. Right. <laughs> There's nothing better but Christ. Amen. That's what my Bible says. The only place you're going to find better is in Hebrew, and it's talking about Christ. Come on, come on, let's, let's go to work. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assured that God had made that same Jesus, 
whom you have crucified. I'm glad he put that there. Now he's both Lord and he's Christ. In heaven, he's Lord. He's seated at the right hand of the master on high. That's why Israel was waiting for the Lord. Over here is he's Christ. See, he's both Lord and he's both Christ. See, that's why we must understand that we are now the body of Christ. So you have to think about what he built like Noah. Let me ask you a question. When did people get in the, in the ark? Did they get in as soon as it was finished? Was anybody in the ark before it was finished? I don't know how to ask you. I'm trying to get you to think. Well, when God finished the body of Christ, then now people can become members. You couldn't get in the ark until it was finished. So as Noah came and built an ark, Christ came and built his church. Are you catching up? All right. Now, let's go to a couple more things I need to get to. We already showed you that, let's go to Deuteronomy 5. And verse 5, just one verse. How did Moses get the law? Moses had to stand between God and the people to get the law. Moses, I stood between the Lord and you. I stood between the Lord and you. Because, see, you couldn't come to the Lord. So I stood between the Lord. That's called mediator. I stood between the Lord and you. The word of the Lord, I, to show you at that time, I stood between the Lord and you at that time, to show you the word of the Lord. You, couldn't got the, you could not have gotten the word of the Lord if I did not stand between you and the Lord. Because the Lord could not tell you, he had to tell me. I had to write down what he says. You were afraid by reason of the fire. And you did not go up on the top of that mountain. Next verse he's going to tell you, I am the Lord. This is what the Lord said when I was up there. I am the Lord thy God. I am the Lord which brought you out of the land of Egypt. You couldn't go up there. I had to go up there for you. See, he went on and gave them the Ten Commandments. That's not the point. It's how he got the word. Moses had to get it for them. Just like Jesus had to get the word for us. You could not have a New, custom, new Testament unless the Lord got it from the Father. All right, here we go. Let me show you something. Now, he's, he, he's a reconciler. He's the intercessor. He's the one that between man and God. Now, let's go and look at a, a few of these. Now, here, let's look at Romans 3, 24 through 28, especially verse 26. Romans chapter 3, verse 24 through 28. Why are you saved by God's righteousness? I'm going to show you why. Why did God have to save you by his righteousness? Why could he save you some other way? It's to show something. God is proving something. In verse 26, we'll see it. Being justified, you are justified, how? By his grace. You are made righteous by his grace, not your faith. You are made righteous by his grace through the redemption, the forgiveness that's in Christ Jesus. That's how you would say, verse 25 says, whom God has set forth to be the perpetuation or the final payment through faith in his blood. 
So we have faith in his cross, his death, burial, and resurrection. Why? To declare his righteousness. Why his righteousness, Pastor? He's going to tell you in verse 26. Slow down, Reverend. It's going to get there. I just want to know why he's right. Okay, I'm going to tell you. Hold on. Whom God has set forth to be a perpetuation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness. Why his righteousness, Pastor? I told you I'm going to tell you. For the remission of sins. He did it for the why? For the remission of sins. That I passed. Forgiveness of sins already passed. Not in 95% of the churches where I live at, Lord, but it's still passed. Okay. It's through the forbearance of God. Now, here's verse 26. We've been waiting to get here. To declare at this time his righteousness. Why do you want to do that, Father? That I might be just and the justifier. Now, he's not just one. He is the just and the justifier. Because wasn't nobody else just. Nobody else could do this. So he had to stand in between himself and God. He was the one who was just before the Father. And he had to be the one justified. So when he faced the people, he was their justifier. Over here, he was just before God. So he's the only one that can stand before God and the people. To the people, he was righteous. Before God, he was the only one righteous. And then he could turn around and justify these people. He's the mediator of the New Testament. To declare at that time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him that believe in Jesus. He is, he, is your, he is your justifier. Look at somebody say, he is your justifier. He is, he is, your, he is your righteousness and he is your justification. I say he is your righteousness. Oh, let me show it to you. 1 Corinthians 1.30. See, he is your righteousness and he is your justification. One man. One man got your salvation. Nobody did nothing. It's a shame when somebody silver here said, if I baptize you in water in Jesus' name, you can get the Holy Ghost. If I baptize you in water in Jesus' name, your sin be forgiven. Can't you imagine that the Lord is sitting there listening and saying, hey, whoo, did you ever eat yourself? <laughs> they must have not heard. Yeah. Crump, you didn't tell them. I tell them in here, Lord. I tell them in here. We don't play that stuff up in here. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom. There it is. He's our wisdom. He's our righteousness. He's our sanctification. He's our redemption. Everything he is. You haven't done anything. That just one. Look at somebody said, just, just, just one. Let's go to Hebrews 7.22. In Hebrews 7.22, then we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 10. In Hebrews 7.22, I'm going to show you that Jesus Christ is, a high, is, is the high priest and the sacrifice. Remember I just said that earlier? Say he's the high priest, high priest. and the sacrifice. Amen. Man, that's awesome. Amen. He offered himself up before God. Hebrews 7.22. In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 22. By so much was Jesus made a surety, a better testament. Verse 23. And they truly were made many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. See, they died because they couldn't keep going. This man never died. But this man, Jesus, the Christ, because he continued forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Never changed. Wherefore, he's able to save them to the uttermost that come to God by him. How you get to God? 
You get to God by him, not water baptism, not foot washing, circumcision, all this other garbage. You get to God because of one man. Seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Listen, you, couldn't got, you could not have gotten saved if he didn't pray for you. You could not have come to the Father if he did not recommend you. Oh, I know we say I recommend Jesus, but it's really we got that backwards. Jesus recommend you. Nobody could come to the Father unless the Son said, enter thou in. For such a high priest became us, talking about in Christ, whose holy, harmless, defiled, separated from sinners, made higher than the heavens, who needed not daily those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins. He didn't have, to, he didn't have none, because I'm going to show you after why. He is, he, is, he is sinless and also the sin bearer. That's where we're going next. He needed not daily those high priests in the Old Testament to offer up sins, first for himself and then for the people. For this he did once. When he offered up himself, he is the high priest who could offer up his own self. Now you just think about the high priest, and he's going to say, I tell you what, I'm not going to offer no bulls, no goat, no turtle, no pigeons. I'm going to offer up myself. I'm going to get on the cross myself, and I'm going to make sure I die myself for you. You will never got to be worried about is this offering qualified. Somebody say hallelujah. Yeah, he offered up himself to God. The law making me and high priest was have infirmities, weaknesses. But the word of the oath, which was since the law, maketh the son who is consecrated forevermore. He's now our high priest. Can you give him a big hand clap? <laughs> Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5. Let's pick this up. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5. Mm-hmm. Got if I can get a couple more in there, I'd be okay. I really feel like I've done some. Hebrew 10 and 5, this stuff is so good to me. Hallelujah. In Hebrew chapter 5, we are showing you, he's, watch this, wherefore, when he come into the world, he says, sacrifice and offering, thou wouldest not but a body thou hast prepared me. I don't want no more sacrifice, I don't need no more. I'm going to be the sacrifice. I'll be my own sacrifice, thank you. I don't need no high priest, I, I am the high priest. And burnt offerings and, and, and sacrifices for sin, I have no pleasure. So people still trying to offer up water baptism, get rid of sin. He said, look, I have no pleasure. Then he says, it's written in the volume of the book, it's written on me, I come to do thy will, O God. Above, when he says sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and sin offerings, thou would not, neither has pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then he said, Lo, I come in the, to do thy will. Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first covenant that he may establish the second covenant. He cannot establish the second covenant in your life until you get rid of the old one. That's why we have to take all this stuff out of here. By the which will we are sanctified. Oh, Pastor, we got to wash feet. No, no. We are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So when people over here tell you they're going to wash feet, you're going to ask them, why are you washing my feet? Because you sanctifying, sanctifying me? 
The Bible says, I want you to find another verse. It said, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. See, people got all this stuff that kind of tell you why they got to wash your feet. I had a person tell us one time, my wife and I know this, we went somewhere and they told us, they come there so, so sanctimoniously. And they just, they just all up in your face just like pastor. Are you going to let us wash your feet this morning? Just like I supposed to say, I want to say, <laughs> you ever did that accidentally, accidentally? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's just, I don't want to tell you what I really think. <laughs> but when somebody come up in my face and says, says to me, didn't it Sister Crump? Me and my wife, they walked over here to us like this. Pastors, are you going to let us wash your feet this morning? Boy, I want to go. <laughs> I, 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 said, I said, Lord, that would have been very rude. But, I, but I, I'm telling you, I, it's just like, lady, if you don't get out of my face. <laughs> but see, people jump for that because they don't know. Anybody got being sanctified by the Holy Ghost? That's okay. We go. All right, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Hebrews chapter 10. That's who I am. Every high priest standing ministering, offering up oftentimes the same sacrifices. Watch what it says. Romans what? 15 and what? 15, 16. Okay. Write that down back there. Romans 15, 16. Every high priest standing daily ministering, offering oftentimes the same sacrifice. Watch what he says. Which can never take away sin. Never. Why? Because this man. That stuff they're doing, you can't take away no sin. Well, pastor, you got to be baptized in water in Jesus' name. Why? To get rid of them sin. Well, this is what my Bible says. This man, Jesus Christ, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever. Wait a minute. He did what? He offered one sacrifice for sin forever, sat down on the right hand of God. And yet people tell you, you got to be water baptized to get rid of your sin. And you got people who don't know, they just go right on in. Like I baptize folks right here in cold water, ice, cold water. And I'm not going to be looking at the sisters this morning because they already remind me that water was ice cold when I baptized. I apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know any better. I didn't know any better. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had on them waiters, see, so it didn't bother me, but... All right, now that's done with that. Now let's go where I, where I was looking for. Romans 15, 16. All that's good, but I can't read it all. I only got like less than 10 minutes. Romans 15, 16 said that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ, Paul said, to the Gentile, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified, by the Holy Ghost. Why did God give you the Holy Ghost? Come on now. He did it to sanctify you. We already know he gave you the Holy Ghost to teach you, lead you, guide you, all that. But the Holy Ghost in your life is who sanctifies you. That's why there are times you can feel the ministry of the Holy Ghost in you, cleansing you, and you can feel him all over you. There are times you feel him in your hair, in your hand. What is he doing? He's walking. Yeah. 
he, he, his responsibility is to make sure he keeps you cleansed. He seals your soul. On the Israel ministry, they were cleansed by the word. That's what Jesus told them. Now you're clean, John 15, by the word that I've spoken to you. You are sanctified by the Holy Spirit. There are times when I can go places, just like places that we don't supposed to be at special funerals, like a lot of times you, you know it's so dead up in there, it gets so dead up in there that you smell dead. <laughs> I'm serious. There are times you go to funerals, I can't say it, funerals are, it'd be so dead up in there you can smell dead. Take your breath, smell like sulfur. You can't holler breathe. My wife, I gotta go. <laughs> Ain't it right, baby? But she'd be like, I gotta go. I said, You okay, honey? No, I gotta go. I can't holler breathe. Some of y'all know, some of y'all smell it, but you don't know what you're smelling. You can smell death. Let's move on. Now, here's another one. Christ is both sinless and the sin bearer. Go to 2 Corinthians 5, 21. He is sinless and he is the sin bearer. I'm not going to be able to give you all the scriptures. I got like five of them. I'm just going to give you one. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. He is Christ. Just think. Christ is sinless and then he bear your sin. I'm going to show you something that because he died on the cross, he was made a curse, and yet he's sinless. This man is so awesome, but he, he's the mediator. Second Corinthians five twenty one. For he has made him to be sin for us. Here it is. He was made sin, made to be sin for us that knew no sin. See, he knew no sin that he might be made the righteousness of God in him. Let me show you another verse you might, I gave you one time. Let's look at 1 Timothy 3.16. This is a powerful verse of scripture. 1 Timothy 3.16. See, he, was, he had to be made. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you another. Oh, I got so many of them. But I can't give you all the scripture to go with them. Just give you a couple. Without controversy, Greatest the mystery of God is God was manifest in the flesh. Well, once he comes in the flesh, he can't get back out until he's justified in the spirit. Just like you. You in the flesh, the only way you can be saved, you've got to be made righteous in the spirit. So Christ, Jesus himself, without controversy, greatest the mystery of God is God was manifest in the flesh. God was justified in the spirit. Made righteous. Seen of angels. Preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and then he was received up into glory. Let me show you another one. He bare God's image and man's likeness. He is our mediator. Look at Philippians chapter number 2, 4 through 11. I'm going to show you he bare God's image and then man's likeness. The Bible says he's the image and he's the express image of the Godhead. That's Colossians 1.15. I ain't going to have time to go there. But Philippians 2 and 4. Philippians 2 and 4. 
Philippians chapter 2 and verse 4. That's what we're waiting on. Look not on every man on, on his own thing, but every man on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Now watch, watch how he was. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, made himself or no reputation, took upon him the form of a slave, that's the word servant, took upon him the form of a slave, was made in the likeness of men. Now you just think about it. He is God's image, but he also made in the likeness of men. On the inside, he was God's image, the son of the living God. Outside, he was the likeness of men. Watch this. Watch what he tell you. Being found in fashion as a man, he armored himself, became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God, his father, also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in the earth, and things under the earth. All got to bow to that name Jesus. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, that's what we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me give you one more. What an what a, what a awesome God we serve. He took our nature. I say he took our nature. It's an awesome thing. He took our nature and he died as our substitute. There are so many of these that just go on and on and on. I just love them. He took our nature. Let's go to Hebrew chapter number 2. Verse 5 through 18. It's an awesome thing for him to take my nature. He had to become a man, a real man, that could hurt, that could cry. The Bible says he was tempted in all points, but yet without sin. So when he took my nature, our nature, he could be tempted. That's why he had went through Matthew and Luke in chapter 4, when you call the temptations. The devil came and he tempted him, say, if you be the Christ, if you be the Christ, if you be the Christ, he come tempting him, but yet without sin. If he had a disobeyed God in one point, if he had a disobeyed the Father in one, he could not have been your Redeemer. He could not have been our Reconciler. He could not have been our Intercessor. He could not have stood before the Father for us. He had to be sinless, without blame, perfect. And yet, he stood as a man. One mediator between God and men. The man. Good God. Send somebody give him praise. Boy, that blesses me. Let's do this, we're done. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 5. Hebrews 2 and 5. For unto the angels has he not put in subjection the world to come. That's where we at. The world to come is grace. Whereby we speak. But once in a certain place testify, said, What is man that thou mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visited him? Watch this. 
Thou made him a little lower than angels. Humans are lower than angels. For Jesus to become a man in the flesh, he had to become lower than the angels. Now the angels was, had more authority than he had. He became a servant, a slave. He became a man, a human. He became lower than the angels. And then the Bible says, because of Philippians 2, because he obeyed the Father even the death, now God crowns him with glory and honor. Put him back with his right position. Now he set him over the works of his hand. Well, what are the works of his hand? You're looking at them. Everything God has made. He creation. We are his new creation. God set him over the works of his hand. Thou put all things in subjection under his feet. Everything. And that he put all things in subjection under him. He left nothing that's not put under him. But now we not see all things that are put under him. But we see Jesus. Who's made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. He could not have died unless he took the place of a slave. That's what caused me to cry when I hear somebody say, all you do is be baptized in water in Jesus' name. I'd be like, man, that hurt me so bad. Y'all just don't know, just like they took a dagger and put in you talking about you water baptized again. Do you hear what he just says? Read that verse again. We see Jesus who was made a little lower than an angel for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. He died for every man. It was our sin that nailed him to the cross. He died for our sins. He tasted death for every man. And yet people will give the glory to water baptism. They don't know. That's why I said, Lord, forgive them. They know not what they do. My time is up. I thank you for yours. Come on, let's stand up on our feet and let's thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his mercy. See, when a person do not receive the Lord Jesus Christ, what you're saying is he cannot live in this house. When a person do not receive the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, what you're saying is he can't live here. See, that's why when Jesus was born, they, Mary took Jesus to the inn the hotel and they says there was no room they look and seeing her from Nazareth that's what it was any good thing come out of Nazareth and they would not allow him to be born there so they had to take our Lord out back until they could find a horse stable, somewhere they had animus. And that's where our Lord was born. See, that's what happened right now with people. As much as God do for them, and yet they say, I don't have room, Lord. 
The Lord want to live in your house. And what you tell him, I don't have room. My question is, who you got living there, huh? Because if the Lord will come into your house right now, he will put the devil out. And that will become his house. Can somebody give him praise? Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.